Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Okay, hold on everybody. It's episode number 147 of Pottercast here with your your, your happy friendly Pottercast quartet. Melissa, I'm here with John and Sue and Zifak. And you really are with AK. My my what? You really are with Sorry. with with John, aren't you? This week he was. Yeah, he's in the other room. <laughs> Here I am. John I just he, traveled John, around the country. He apparated from Southern California to New York. Now he has to go to Michigan. Oh, and for, real quick, I'm going to Michigan in three weeks. <laughs> just to clear up some comments, my last name is Franco. So anybody out there on the comments, oh, yeah, well, I know, people don't think I have a last, last name. name? I'm not stuck in the Madonna. 80s. I have a full he name. Is, My name's Frankie Franco III. You like Madonna or Chakizi? But I go by Frack and I like it, so it's okay. You know it's a bad word in some sort of... Yeah, I know, but I was signing my artwork that way way before that show came back. So What's that show, Battlestar? Yeah, I, unless so Battlestar Galactica came back before 99. So it's my freshman Don't year say of anything about Battlestar Galactica. I've heard it's one of the most obsessive. Oh, I I've been looking forward it. to watching it because I have good friends who are who really like it, and they said that I would love the writing. So I'm gonna borrow the DVDs from my friends. So I'm just waiting, and I guess uh-huh. the new season started on Friday, so, or the last season yeah. of four. So I guess it's a big deal. So all you Battlestar Galactica fans, yeah. Okay, don't say anything in the comments. Okay, Pottercast 147. Before we do anything (laughs) else, we have to hear from our friends over at audiblekids.com. This podcast is brought to you by audiblekids.com, the Internet's leading source for children's audiobooks. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblekids.com slash Pottercast for more details. Great show this week. Do we, John, have an update for everybody on the actor troupe? We have an update. We don't have. A, we're not playing new auditions yet because, good lord, there's over a hundred of them. Wow! Yeah, and wow. Uh, we, we may have to have like a like a little mini special cast to do the first can round it, at any rate. Can it be like Pottercast Idol? <laughs> that's, that's why I wanted to try to be. That's why I don't want to just toss them out here. Everybody's like, "Wow, well, what's taking so long?" But it's like, come on, this is entertainment in itself. These auditions. I want to so. do Pottercast Idol you to should. have a regular on counting. I'll be the Ryan Seacrest. I want Come into Canning Conundrums and we'll do like like or we'll do like two every week and you guys can pick. Yeah, totally. That'd be fun. We'll do, awesome. We'll I wanna this'll be fun. Can I be Paula? I don't want to be Simon. Sue, somehow I, somehow I thought you would be okay. Paula. Because I don't say the word dog right. Like what's his name? Randy yeah, dog, does. yeah, 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 dog. Yeah, listen yeah. up, dog. Me. John Simon. Does that make me Randy? No, you'd be I Millis, I think you would be Simon. Thanks a lot, Frack. Not in a well, bad way. He's very intelligent. I'll be Randy? Simon then. I'll be honest. I'll be mean. <laughs> okay. I'll just I talk like this. It's dreadful. No. <laughs> it was dreadful. What were you thinking? <laughs> your outfit, really. <laughs> your outfit and your hair. <laughs> what is that voice, Frack? It's my robot proceed. voice. It's very effective. Do it again. Say, proceed to the highlighted room. <laughs> Proceed to the highlighted route. Oh, God. <laughs> Prepare to make a right-hand turn in 54 feet. It's very scary. We did that all like, week last week. Oh, my God. It's it's like Tor all over again. Oh. <laughs> that little voice. That little voice. voice. Okay, so anyway. annoying. Uh, <laughs> also on the show, Phoenix Files, I think... Bit by bit, Scribby Five and Scribby Five and all the good stuff. Canon conundrums. Yes, and stick around for the part where we declare ourselves kings of the world. I heard that about us. I heard that's going to be great. We are what we are. I'm not ashamed. Don't hate. We will conquer the world because we are the kings of the world. You sounded like Inga Dinga Doo or little weird, the kings of the world, a little Muppet guy or something. Now, before we get accused of doing an inside joke, people have been saying on the on the comments, somebody said that we were, that we acted like we we're kings of the world, and they're clearly right. I mean, clearly, don't they know? It's about time they caught on. To be frank, <laughs> we're about to make it a secret God. podcast. You have to have the right password to download. 
John's walking around here with a crown on. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> I mean, I got it. I got it from Joe. So that's right. That's right. And a scepter. Mm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Before the show gets even further off the rails, can we yeah. hear from Arsus what's happening in the news? I'm gonna. Oh, their news. I'm gonna talk about Dan Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, I don't want to talk everybody, about him. Everybody say yay right now. Yay. There's another comment thing for those who don't read the comments. I mean, honestly, I love Dan Radcliffe. Apparently, whatever Sue says Dan Radcliffe, there's a, there's a silence. I don't even know where that came from. I'm sorry, Ms. L was very nice. and The person named L, I'm not making fun of you, but it's, it's so wrong just, we, that we're all sitting here silent because we don't want to say how much we don't like Dan. just... I, I mean, I, like. I, 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 I honestly personally go silent because I have a little crush on Dan, so I get embarrassed to talk about him. <laughs> it makes me shy and uncomfortable. You're so but that's, Oh, man. That's my issue, I guess. Not anyone else. All right. Let's so off base. They have been nothing but kind to us. We love that kitty. Oh, he's, he's so cool. He is a great yes. young man and very talented. And we will all get to see that starting on September 5th when Equus does open on Broadway. It's now confirmed. Ooh. I mean, fabulous. And in the play, that's, it begins previews actually on September 5th when it formally opens on September 25th, which is... How long uh, is it running? Do we I know? It's, it was, it's running 22 weeks until was, February 8th of 2009. Sorry. Wow. I wonder how much that billboard cost that they bought down in Times Square for that big picture of him. Because <laughs> that thing is huge. It's like 50 feet tall. A picture of him with the horse. Is there one up yet? I bet there will be. I think you're joking. Yes. Are you serious? It, it, it probably cost $10 million or something a week. I don't. I can't tell if you're joking. I can't either because there was a big billboard in in London when it opened in London, but I don't know. No. I'm ignoring John. Okay, moving on. Tickets will go on sale early for people who have American Express cards on April 12th, but they will open to the general public. Listen up on April 26th, and you can order through telecharge.com. And let me tell you, folks, if you're thinking about this, you might want to consider saving some money because tickets will not be cheap. How much are they? Um, okay, just the regular orchestra seats are $116, but get this, the premium seat prices are $251.50. What? Yes, no, no, get this, Whoa. and on Saturday night, $301. For what? what? Yes, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding you. I, I what? That's the, I saw that for 40 pounds in England. Uh, but the orchestra streets, That's I mean, just, insane. I mean, I mean, even on the Wednesday, on Wednesdays are traditionally the matinees and, and the prices on the orchestra street seats will be 111. And then the very back, like in the mezzanine, like the back rows from J through love are be $61. About a hundred dollars is, is, is market Broadway rate for a, for a, for a, for a really good orchestra seat, a hundred to 120 for, for a good orchestra seat. 250 is highway robbery. But, and then and then on Saturday nights it's $301.50. I mean, are you kidding me? I get the star quality, but one of the great things about Broadway is that it's almost the same price for anywhere you go. It's not it's it's not that you pay more for the stars. There's been there's been much bigger no offense to Daniel Radcliffe. I know we're going to get we're going to get slammed, but there have been legendary stars who are 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 award winners for 60 years mm-hmm. who are perhaps bigger stars. Maybe yeah, not well, more marketable stars, but bigger stars who who have, were they out there showing their bits it. off? <laughs> John, you know, well, no, that's what it is. No, but that that's a really it, that's a crude way of looking at it. And if that has anything to do with the with the production, I would really I would really doubt it. They're not saying that's what you're paying for. They're saying you're you're paying to see Daniel right, Radcliffe, right? Right. And wow, that's that's um, you know. I, I don't want to begrudge a talented actor because Richard Griffiths is also reprising his role. But at the same time, like Melissa said, there's well, been yeah. some extraordinarily like people like Ian McKellen, extraordinary oh, God. people. I mean, just legends on the stage who will give you the most extraordinary performances. And that I you don't normally. Ian McKellen, well, hell, Hel- got- Helen Mirren, Judy Dench, Cherry, Cherry Jones. Yeah. I mean, these are just off the top I'm of my right. head. People I've seen on Broadway for like a twenty dollar yeah. ticket. Well, no, let's let's uh, not forget uh, Clay Aiken and Spamalot. <laughs> John. And jo- Joey Fatone and Rent. <laughs> you know, he was 
great on Dancing with the Stars or whatever that one show was. He was good with the chick from Days of Our Lives. That's, a, that's just a shame. Maybe, you know what? Maybe there's another way of looking at this. Maybe it's the way to keep the riffraff out of the main seats. You know, <laughs> maybe so. The riffraff. I, you know, but that's a Street lot of money. Riff. Like, say, you know, Street I mean, far, hardcore yeah. fans, you want to get the best possible seat possible. I don't know. But that just, that, that on a Saturday night, you think, oh, I'm going to go on a date. I'm going to treat my girl nice or my, my, my guy nice and go out. And, you know, I mean, for a couple to go out for, and it's going to be, Six hundred, seven hundred dollars to go to the theater. That just yeah. I mean, if I if I were out in the market for first dates, that'd be up high on my list. <laughs> I gotta say, well, I would be. I don't know. I mean, it might it might backfire on me. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't go that far on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Boys, boys. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, how do you compete with that? I mean, he is magic. Okay. I'm done. You know. But I don't know. So <clears throat> that's that's the news. So, but if you do want to get tickets though, and you are willing to to whatever, because there are the the they do go on sale to the general public on the the twenty sixth, and I'm sure they'll be slammed. So it's only twenty two weeks, and I there was a lot of talk, and I, Melissa, I wanted to get your opinion about this. He is doing no. um, publicity traditionally during you know going to the premieres during the the week like when. The, Hapla Prince opens, right? Or would would they normally yeah. get like for something like this? Would they get like a stand-in or I don't know? Is that what they're called? The pe- yeah, he'll have an understudy. Understudy, that's along. the word. Thank you. I couldn't remember um, what that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, hopefully, who's prepared? Yeah, for the role. Yeah. When does Hapla Prince sell. open? Hmm. When does Hapla Prince open? November sixteenth. Well, it's the twenty first, mm. but they'll probably like you know do the premiere twenty first. They, they, they always do the premiere. November sixteenth wasn't wasn't that the first the yeah. first ever wasn't that Sorcerer's yes. Stone? It's just stuck it's in my all head. right around Thanksgiving, you know. No, I think it was the sixteenth. I think if I'm remembering correctly, Sorcerer's Stone up on the sixteenth. Maybe it was Chamber of. Anyway, they've all mm-hmm. been in November, second, third week in November. And that's when um, the when it when the re- it's released or the premiere. The, that's when it's released, but the week before will be right. the premieres. You think a week or two, two weeks before, maybe? Yeah. So I guess they're doing an LA and a and a London yeah. premiere again. So that'd be Yay that'd be LA. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Awesome. I just want to see the the part. Right. Speaking of Happy Love Prince, we have a um there was two this is kind of interesting. That the two more character actors were cast for the part. One was the vampire, um, who's, you know, into Edward Cullen. <laughs> Yeah, he was. No, no, that Sanguini or whatever his name is, that was at Slughorn's party. You know, it was so funny when Snape is, had that whole thing. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And then the other person that was cast was Regulus Black. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, and there was an interview with him on Bob mm-hmm. Hogwarts. Regulus Black? Yes. Well, I guess for That's pictures awesome. and whatnot. Well, he's going to be... And, and, the the last well, with Here we creature? go. Beep, beep. Spoiler warning. Stop now. He is going to be appear as a portrait in Slughorn's office. Interesting. And a photograph. What? Yeah, he's he's in a photograph. Uh, it's not a portrait, but a photograph in Slughorn's office. Yeah. That's very interesting. Isn't it, though? Yeah. I Border, wouldn't Borderline obscure, intrigued. but very interesting. Well, I don't know how they're going to explain that. Like, Are they friends? Well, but, okay, Slughorn was... A, he went... Was he head of house then when he was the potion master? Well, Slughorn would appeal. Slughorn wasn't head of house then. He was, um, I don't think. He, he was, was just the potions master, right? Was he head of Slytherin house? Wait, did you say Slughorn or Scrimgeour's Slughorn? office? Slughorn. Slughorn's oh, office. I thought you said Scrimgeour for some yeah. reason. Oh, you're confusing me now. That would be ridiculous. No, it's, it's Slughorn's office. and and But, so I don't know. I'm trying to think how they would do that, like trying to set it up that he had gone to the cave. So maybe this is some sort of his memory. I, d- I just don't know how they're going to work that in there. You know? Well, when Creature tells his story, it'd be cool to see like a flashback of it. Yeah. But that would be kind of anticlimactic to show the cave before we actually get to the cave with, with Harry and Dumbledore. Yeah. No, that wouldn't work. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a poor choice. So. But will, will they ever use him again? Will they use him in number seven? I- I don't know. He said he hasn't been asked back yet, but he would love to. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, if they... I guess if they do a memory of the cave. I just want to know if they got Robert Pattinson back for anything this time around, too. No, he's off doing yeah, a vampire yeah, thing. There's, yeah. Oh, nuts. <laughs> um, what else is going um, on? If you wanted to read Tales of the Beetle the Bard, you may actually could do this. 
Amazon. What? Yes, it's true. Huh? Amazon.com has opened up a new contest where people can win a chance to go to fly to London and you contest for two people to win to go and read the tales of the Beetle of the Bard for a weekend. What's the contest? You have to write in 100 words or less and you have to answer a question. One of three questions. Do they accept drawings of fuzzy dogs? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That would be brilliant. I need to know. You know, it's really interesting because this contest (laughs) is open for people ages 13 and older. And if if you've ever read Leaky... Yes, finally. finally. We all complain about this. And it was really interesting now that I just, tonight I just saw that news round is people are, the kids over there are complaining that the younger kids are excluded. Oh, <laughs> oh I mean, up. you know, Sorry, I, I love the young kids. I'm all for the young kids. We've said on here before for people not to be angry about contests because it was for the young kids. But let the adults have something. Just once, you know? The please. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it's so funny because like it, it includes the security guards. You get to go in there and they'll be secure. You know, they're going to have a little security guard with you, but you actually get to sit and read well, the book. Yeah. My question is, how do, how are you going to, how are they trusting people, some random person who won a contest to handle that book? Do you tell the security guard when you'd like to turn a page? Probably. Apparently so. There's going to be security guard really- and some curator right there with tweezers and uh, gloves. So it's going to be like, yeah, it could be a disaster. What if you like sneezed or something? <laughs> on i drooled on it my drool is on what if i accidentally put it in my satchel and walked out no accidentally i'm just kidding who was that politician that that went into like the national archives and stuffed papers down his socks or something that was a movie national treasure remember that no no (laughs) what's his name clinton guy surely somebody will comment or email can't remember now I, I, I. Anyway, I don't think you'd be able to get away with anything like that. <laughs> you lost me on the sock thing, John, and I, I don't know. I don't know. All also, right. I like socks. National Treasure was cool. <sighs> um, I like Nicolas Cage, but he looks like he, he I don't know, he looked kind of funky in this last one. I don't know. Um, I haven't seen the most recent uh, one. Well, my my little boy liked them. They're they're good for kids. I love National Treasure. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Those loved ones are it. fun. Loved I like it. both loved of them. I haven't seen the second one yet. Oh, it's f- it's it's worth that. watching. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, they are. The first I one used to want to be that me. kind of person when I was little, like a like a discoverer, like going into like old places like that and like finding treasures. And You'd things. be like Indiana Jones, yeah. Dollish Jones, The Adventures of Dollish Jones. Uh, yeah, a paleontologist who works out. A You're paleontologist. Like Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's a very hot profession. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, um. Oh well, what are we? Okay, oh, I'm moving on to one more thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, come on. Joe has donated a book, uh, a donation to a book that's going to be put out in the honor of uh, Prince Charles's 60th birthday. And I think this is kind of neat. This is important. Uh, what it, she's contributing is actually going to be an extract of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And it's going to have Whoa. two new illustrations um, by an artist named Quentin Blake, who's pretty famous. So you kind of. Who? Yeah. 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 And uh, so that's kind of cool. And I, I, at first, I was kind of shocked. I really didn't believe that because why would she ever? I've never seen her books reprinted, especially with another like this, this is a, a random house publication. And 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 I was huh. like, whoa! But yeah, she's really doing it because it's all going for charity. So I think that's cool. She's she's got a lot of charitable activity this week. I thought I read somewhere that uh, she put a um, a dress up on eBay for charity. <laughs> this beautiful purple dress. Uh-huh. You know, up, uh, up not charity. Charity. That's, I, I, not, that's not on eBay. She's not I, putting anything on eBay. No, I th- she put the the purple dress on eBay for some reason. She didn't want it anymore, and I have no idea why. That, but it's a beautiful dress. John, you are not going to get us to talk about. Yes, this he story. is. This is his shameless, sad, little pathetic attempt to talk. We're not doing it. We're moving on. What and else ju- is happening? And there's just one more thing I want to say to people. Um, it's not deeply informative, but Julie Walters gave a fantastic new interview. It's on screenonline.com and it's an interactive interview and it's just, it's really a fun interview. This, this actress, she plays Molly Weasley in the movies and she does talk about her time on the set and how delightful it was and, and how the machine they had created to do the plate, you know, the plate is washing, you know, magically in the sink. And she, she mentions how they created it. So it's actually doing that when they were filming it by itself. You can't see like a little hand or anything. It's, it's done, but it's the interview. If you get a chance to watch it, it's really quite fun. She's very 
um, she's a very thoughtful person, but she's very, very funny. She talks about her life in the, in, in the theater and getting her award from her OBE. And, and just uh, she's marvelous. And if you get a chance to watch it, I encourage people to do that. I don't like to do that too much, but I just think she's fabulous. And go watch it. It's great. She was washing a dish. Poop? Well, you know, in the borough. No, no. You know how in oh. the Chamber of Secrets she was talking about how delightful yeah, yeah, that yeah, set yeah. is. And she wants to film more, which um, we're all for more Molly Weasley. Because so. I can't wait for movie seven. She was, Believe it. I can't wait. She was washing a dish, and then she came outside. Yeah. <sighs> you know, John. Uh, I heard a noise. <laughs> all right. Can we move on? Please. Yay. I'm bored. The next part. What is that next part, John? The next part gonna be da, 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 bit by what? Bit by bit. Bit by bit. All right, hey, let's go do it. Please Woo! continue on to the next segment, bit by bit. And we're back. <laughs> With bit by bit, and we are starting on chapter 11, The Bribe. Frack, I dare you to do this whole segment in the computer voice. Do you want? I'll do it, but I don't want it to be taxing to our listeners. Do you think it's for okay? Fi- for, for five minutes, all time on my recording. Okay, you just tell me when to stop you know, talking that way, and I will. Five minutes, because I think this would be really funny. See, I, think, I think a funny joke would be to, if we were ever like, you know, that obnoxious to tape the whole show transcribe it and then record the computer speaking the transcription and then release that as the show <laughs> yes terrible. that would be terrible <laughs> that would be the that worst okay show five minutes five minutes and then we'll do it for, for fracky okay all right so what's going okay. on in this bit by bit peoples i want to hear frankie tell us after several days and no creature off trying to locate Dong, they're a bit tense. When the voice of Moody booms out Severus Snape, someone's entered her mouth place. Who is it? It was Lupin. This is going to be a hard uh, five minutes. It's Lupin. Lupin it was Lupin. I was shocked to my utter core. I did not understand what was going on. Lupin breaking in. Was it him? Was he under an imperious charm? Was it someone polyjuiced? I did not know. So, I kept reading on to the next part. I was very pleased to see that it was actually Lupin. They discussed this by knowing what creature was in his room when Harry was at his class. It was a Grindulo in a water tank across the room in his office. Okay, I can't take it anymore. I can't. There was only one minute, but I can't. I won't be able to get through this segment if you do that. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm a computer. Pellegrino. Uh, I like, I run on Pellegrino. Deeply disturbing. <laughs> I couldn't even okay. do it. Okay, okay anyway. Let's Lupin comes in. Them up. Yes, Lupin comes in. Yeah. They, they discuss the trace. Harry. Oh, they discuss the trace. That's when, um, well, because that's, the, that because they were asking him about um, being, why the Death Eaters were able to find them, and they were, that's when they thought that the trace was possibly still on Harry. Right, right, right. And he was saying that it's impossible. Right. You know, I mean, we talked so much about that trace and, you know, and I still at that point didn't know what was the deal with that. So it was kind of nice. I I liked how Joe had worked it in. It was the voice of the old. Yeah, it was a nice reason for some exposition on that because we didn't need clarification. And it wasn't like forced, like some random, like we could normally get away with with Hermione knowing because she reads the books. It was something we actually Mm -hmm. needed a more quote unquote founded reason or source. So that was, that was nice. Right. You know. It's kind of cool too. And then they go on, and, and then and then Lupin and Swallowing them in. You know, like the first thing I would want to ask him about would be about my family. You know, instead of about the trace. But yeah, but know. Lupin. I mean, but we do find out about what happened the, after is the... Lupin all Mister Adventure yet? This isn't this the this is, this is the scene where they have a fight, huh? Yeah, this is the part crazy? where he has a fight. Yeah. This was a little weird. I, yeah, this I, is. Um, and later on, yes. Well, I guess we're jumping ahead yeah, of ourselves correct. because they yeah. talk about. Scrimgeour, because he he's dead. That's confirmed. And the trio, they um... right. But Scrimgeour, can we talk about Scrimgeour yeah. for a second? Because that it was this weird, strange moment. Yes, that where was I big. was touched because Scrimgeour died, probably tortured, without giving Harry up. 
which was pretty. Well, it just shows cool. that he was like. Sure, he was annoying in the yeah. fact that he like he was doing the opposite of what uh, of what um what's his face wanted to, like what Fed was ignoring it and Scrimgeour wanted to give him false hope, but you could see that he did have like he thought he was doing the right thing and so he wasn't he was just out to better himself he just he wanted to give the public a piece that you know they're handling this and so when they got a hold of him he was wasn't about to give them up Harry Potter like he knew that Harry Potter was a you know a valuable source of information and like, it wasn't like, Oh, if he gives them Harry Potter, they'll leave us alone. He, he knew. And it it was nice to see the, the other side of his character, I guess, to just validated him. I agree with you. You know, I, I don't know about you, but like you were saying, it was, it was kind of a touching moment. And imagine how Harry must have felt too. You know, Harry had this, feeling inside him how would you f- i don't know i don't know how i would react you know because here's this person because i really did not like scrimger at all you know and and to understand that he was actually doing something rather heroic and doing the right thing was kind of a jolt you know and i just to try and deal with that emotion i mean obviously the book is, is very minor to the whole thing but i just thought that i wondered how harry really must have felt i just i don't know how i would have felt with that i would have been like whoa yeah here are all these people that i really didn't think too much of that are actually dying to help protect me. That's just another, that would be very sombering. So Pius Thickness is the new minister for magic. What a great name. But then (laughs) for somebody who's just a bit daft, (laughs) isn't it though? You know, thickness. It's just, just, man, I love it. I know. (laughs) You know, just Joe's choice of language and her her choice of words, you know, is we've all talked about that for long. But, you know, is if he you like get to be that high in the ministry and you fall really, prey to an imperious you know, curse, like, like you, I would think that when you get that high in the ministry, you have learned how to not get imperious. And um, granted, they're Death Eaters, but it was that big, like, blundering Death Eater. It wasn't one of the yeah. cunning, real cunning ones. Yeah, I think so, too. But that name, like, Pious, I don't know. It's just kind of... Um, ironic use. Well, it's sort of, it's sort of to me, maybe I'm crazy, but it calls to mind. This is terrible. The Pope who, who didn't say anything about the Holocaust or the, or the many people who claimed that they were just following orders or under their belief system with the Nazis and, you know, and it's like saying like, he just sticks to what he's been being told to do. Right. You know, that's really, you bring up a really good point because I want to talk about what happens a little bit later on. In, in this chapter about the Nazis, because I just, yeah. Um, I guess we could just talk about it now, but we're going along and I mean, there's all kinds of sweeping changes. I mean, Voldemort is not minister of magic, as you said, but he's making these rules that are very much, I thought echo, just echoed the Nazi regime. I was shocked by it all. So we, we've learned that Hermione's going on and, and she's reading the newspaper and that they've instituted these terrible things that just echoed the Nazi regime, I mean, policies. And I was, I mean, I think I felt that they, she, the, um, the characters she described as feeling sickened when they read this. And I felt the same way, too. I was like, ugh, you know, the muggle and the blood status for the, the students had to be, you know, to check their blood status to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but to me, I was shocked mm. that it was just that blatant that 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 implementation of these implement implementation of these policies. Which it's is just horrible. such a huge, huge, you know, turn to turnaround for for that kind of policy. It's like it's just amazing what they were able to get away with. This, I mean, you got a whole yeah. country, or at least you know, Wizarding World. How how can they not see that and not have any kind of strong reaction? Well, I, I think it. that just shows how much control they had because they they didn't have the pony punches anymore. It's like they they wove themselves in so effectively, and they like they strike or struck or whatever at the right moment. So now that they're just kind of like you know they played their the hand and like and it was effective, and so now it's kind of like they can be so bold faced or what ball faced or what bald faced. Um, about it because they know that they can and that's what's probably very scary that no one can fight it no but i mean i just i just i just remember you know history lessons and, and i took german when i was in high school and we had gone to to when we'd gone to Dachau and stuff and you, you go through or if you go through the uh, the holocaust museum we have a fabulous one in the united states and it's very powerful and you you just you remember you how they were forced to oh, uh, so you know they had to go register and then they had to wear the stars and it was just horror or what 
It is. It's just, it's my bond. And then to see it kind of like, you know, here's Voldemort doing the same thing. I mean, if you didn't suspect. Yeah, I'd be afraid to see what would happen if like, if there was a book eight, like how it would escalate. Because like, this is his first year in full power. He's just getting his ducks in a row. Imagine once they're in a row, like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. We'd start seeing the mass massacring on the on the scale proportionally in the Wizarding World to the Hogwarts, <sighs> but um, well, it's I, but I don't even know. I mean, everybody says Nazis, Nazis, and I, and I and I totally agree. The most prevalent example we have in our social consciousness is Nazis, but it also is just indicative of what somebody who's trying to control mm-hmm. a world that doesn't act by his views. You know, he's just, he's trying to line it up and control it, know where everybody is, know where anybody who right, would oppose right. him is, how to find them. That's like you brand them, you you track them, you, you know, the that's the that's the tr- not the trace, the taboo. That's it's just yeah. how he's trying to stick his fingers in there and, and 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 totally control the community. So I don't know that it's always Nazis, but or or that or that it's that somebody who has to is trying to control a community to such an in, an ingrained level that that's how it manifests itself. You need people to say exactly who they are and their affiliations as long yeah. as they as those affiliations affect how they might rebel against you. You know. You know, you're right. You're right. And it's such, you know, I mean, there, it's, his prejudice is just uh, out of control. And it's just it, he's just his fear. You know, Voldemort acts out of fear because he's a bully. And, and and he's an egomaniac and he's just all kinds of whatever you want to say. And he just uh, – this is just another example of it. And it's just amazing, though, that, that there was not that big a resistance at this point. I just – I don't know. You just kind of stop and think about that. But then I like what Ron said. He would tell Hermione, hmm. tell him that, you know, he's yeah. part of her family, you know, if that had been the case or something, you know, about yeah. them. I thought that was kind of kind of romantic little gesture. All right. What else? What else are we – are we chewing on this week? Um, yeah. Let's see. Well, then we're getting to what you brought up Lupin before. So with, as they're going along and then Lupin asks them, he says, well, what's this? I hear that you're on this mission. And the right? entire fandom goes, huh? Doesn't he want to go off? And yeah, that was it was a little. Yeah. <laughs> this is so yeah. unlike him, which I guess was her point. Yeah, yeah it was her point. And then like you Uh-oh. can see in hindsight, like what he was freaking out about because he kind of. If you think about it, Lupin has led such an isolated life, so isolated and alone. The only time he probably really had, like, intimate relationships with friends and other people were probably when he was at Hogwarts with the Marauders. You know what I mean? Other than that, he's shunned so much. He can barely get work. He usually, like, scuttles off by himself. You know, he goes to places with other people, but he always retreats by himself. Now he has a home. Mm-hmm. It's probably so jarring for him to realize that, okay, I have a wife now who I'm responsible for who loves me, who I love back. And then all now she's pregnant. Like, is he going to, is he, and I'm putting my, cause he probably doesn't like himself enough as it is, you know, with his whole, mm. like his, his condition we'll say. And so, and inflicting that on people that he loves and like an unborn child, he's, he flipped out and you would, you would hope that, that, that fear would manifest itself in a healthy response and to be like, you know what? I just really need to buckle down and, and help out. But he kind of went for an escapism, which was mm-hmm. good that Harry was able to like slap him and get him back into. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it sucks for him. All his, all his whole, every, Dumbledore was all he had left. Dumbledore and Harry were yeah. all he had left. All the Marauders are gone. One of them is evil, you know. And <laughs> that's true. The only person tying him to yeah. sanity, like yeah. remind, like it was why he thought that Snape was a good, was still a good guy in book six because Dumbledore said so. Dumbledore's gone. So now he's there's like not like there's nobody to really remind him what his responsibilities are and it just was such I thought it was kind of awesome of Harry to be to be the man in the situation even yeah. though he did it in a really rude and terrible way he was more the adult you know yeah yeah and also the child because it was childish yeah but honestly like how it yeah well yeah it's it was very childish but I think but it's, it's, I think it was effective because I think it being so blunt is what kind of made it kind of shocked yeah. him out of uh, it kind of made Lupin or shocked him out of his apathy. Because I don't even think yeah. I honestly I would honestly believe that Lupin yeah. 
was kind of naive to it. You know, like he thought that maybe he was doing the right way, even though when he started monologuing, like, oh, what did I do to my, you know, da, da, da. I think that was probably one of the first reasons when he actually kind of, I don't know. It yeah. was a nice thought. <laughs> it's just so, so shocking that I just, I just really enjoyed this. Um, I mean, even though it was, you know, disappointing to, to see, you know, something like this, this happen uh, with Lupin, it was so interesting of, of a, 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 such an interesting way to develop Lupin's character like this. And, um, I mean, just, just knowing from where he started out to be like, you know, such an important influence to Harry, the, the guy who, who was so instrumental in teaching him dark art, uh, d- uh, defense against the dark arts early on. It's just, to, it's, it's an important, um, uh, thing I think to, to experience when you're about Harry's age and stuff that, that other adults and stuff, you know, are, 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 are human too. And that, um, that, uh, well, no, it was, it was kind of a change for me though, to see him, you know, you, you just kind of, I always thought of Lupin as kind of being kind of heroic too, you know, before I just thought, you know, I mean, here's this teacher that I, I thought he was a great, fabulous Mm -hmm. teacher. I loved him, you know, and then he's back and you see more of him and you kind of see the side to him. That's not maybe so heroic or just a little, you know, and yet I think John, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Got going. No, I just it was just a change. I liked it, and I, I was kind of agreeing with what John. What, what John was just saying there was that was it was a nice way to develop his character a little more. And you saw a little side to him, and you understood uh, the, the anguish that he had been through and stuff. And that, and it made him very real too. I mean, he was having very real feelings of fear and just. I mean, let's face it. It's easy to run away, you know. And yeah, I I, I really agree with. The, um, the fact, like you know, it was nice to see that he's human, and that's part of growing up. When you realize your teachers and your these adults you look up to, and you have to come to that realization, you're like exactly, no, they're human and they're not perfect, mm-hmm. and they're going to make mistakes. And sometimes you're going to notice it. Sometimes they're not going to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just part of growing up. And it was, I think it was a because he was probably one of the most um, I don't want to say undeveloped because that's not right. But like you said, he did develop like that did develop his character yeah. a lot. I guess he was one of the most unblemished characters because you didn't see either side of him. Like James, you learned like he was a he was a jerk when he was younger. You know, he's kind of arrogant, but he's he was an upstanding mm-hmm. guy when he got older, type of thing. He just calmed down. All right. Well, in the next part of this so, chapter next week, we'll talk about yeah. when creature shows up with with the dong. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> creature. Don't the dung, very... creature will come back. Yeah, and we also get a very interesting part from the that Daily Prophet paper. We, lo- I like the use of her little Rita Skeeter things. I missed that part during Rita. Order of the Phoenix. All righty, peeps. I like. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by AudibleKids.com, the internet's best source for audio children's books. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. And now you can find children's books there as well. Log on to audiblekids.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to audiblekids.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? <laughs> and time! <laughs> now do the other voice, the Baltimore voice. The what? The Baltimore voice. Baltimore voice? John Travolta. Oh, welcome to Canon Conundrums. That's Kermit, though. <laughs> welcome to Canon Conundrums. Canon Conundrum. <clears throat> Kermit the Frog here. Aww. Oh, you like a- conundrums. Uh-huh. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Mickey. That was good. Hi, Mickey. Mickey. We have a special guest. We, we have a special guest I didn't today. know that we had hired an impersonator here. <laughs> well, we have a special guest on Kenny Conundrums this week. Mickey Mouse. Mickey, how are you doing? Coming in from Anaheim? I'm doing good. Just got off work. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Mickey. But I don't really like Harry Potter. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Oh, there my is a picture. We went to Disneyland um, a week or so ago, and we waited in line to see Mickey. And um, it was Bree, Rita, and I. Frankie uh, wasn't around that that evening, but we asked Mickey flat out, "Do you like Harry Potter?" And he just kind of looks at us and lifts his hand up and kind of shakes it like, <laughs> and we have, we have a picture of him doing it, and it's hilarious. It's on uh, it's on Facebook. As John pimps out his Facebook profile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We will we will talk in the wrap up about who currently owns us and what. Cat and conundrums. What house would Mickey Mouse? Be oh, in? he's totally a Hufflepuff. Oh. He's, Mickey Mouse. He's a Hufflepuff. He's a Gryffindor. No. Mickey. Mickey. Mickey Mouse is a Hufflepuff. He I is. think Mickey Mouse is a hard he worker. He is. He's hard worker. Oh. He's a chipper fellow. He's a puff if there ever well, was. Look at him and like him, him and and like Fantasia and everything. I mean, he's he's brave. He he's a fighter. He could. Uh, yeah, take but most of all, world. he's the guy that's working hard. Yeah. Well, Mickey, what house do you think you'd be in? Oh, oh Walt Disney. What do you think Walt Disney would be in? Well, is I'd he, be a Hufflepuff. Mo- Thank you, Mickey. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! I love Hufflepuff. <laughs> Squee! <Yay! laughs> Squee! You're welcome. Welcome. <laughs> because I'm okay, a okay, Squeak. okay. Squeak. What Harry Potter character are we talking about tonight? Oh. Cornelius Fudge. Another, another. Oh, no, don't everybody be so excited. Somebody who's green. He's not like Kermit the Frog, but he wears a green bowler. His name is Cornelius Fudge. Fudge. Cornelius Fudge. Cornelius Fudge. Okay, I. Okay, quick. Can we go around real quick and just give one word what, what house we okay. all think? Okay. Just immediately, yeah, sure. then we'll discuss. No problem. Okay, you go first, Melissa. Oh, man. Okay, I'll go first because I already have one. I think he's Hufflepuff. I'm going to mm. say Ravenclaw. I'm going to say a Slytherin. I'd actually think he's a Slytherin, too. You know, I was going to... Like, I'm like almost there with Slytherin, but I just think it's like... Mm. I don't all know. All politicians are Slytherins. No, they're not. Exactly. Like, I think I Rufus Gryffindor is a grave, uh, Ravenclaw. I mean, Gryffindor. A Gryffindor. I think Rufus Yeah, Gryffindor. I do, too. Nonsense. I love that nobody says Gryffindor because he's so... <laughs> he's not Gryffindor. Oh, he's not brave. There's no way in, in heck he's a Gryffindor. Mm-mm. You know, I... But he's a politician. I mean, I... I don't know. I could go either Ravenclaw or Slytherin. I know that a lot of people probably... I mean, if you put a poll, it would probably come out Slytherin. Yeah. Why Why Slytherin? I don't see it. Because he's out I, for himself. I guess for the ambition. Yeah. Ambition and self-preservation. And he's he works, you know, in today's, by today's standards, he would be working them poles, you know? I mean, he would. He is the master glad handler. He is just, you know... <laughs> well, why did I just get a, a really inappropriate <laughs> mental image when you said he's working Because the you're poles. done, Molly, I, you okay? know, as soon as I okay. said that, I knew that was a bad Moving choice on. of words, but okay. I don't know. I don't know if they have those kind of clubs in the Wizarding World. Did you ever see that movie Wag the Dog, you know, which they kind of make fun of a beloved president, but I just think that he would, Fudge is like, he is all about the photo ops, and you know, I like how they had um, in the flashback scenes, or the kind of the newspaper montages in the Order of the Phoenix, and they showed him, like, the, the little Wizarding press corps following him about, and, like, you see Percy trailing after him and stuff. I just think Fudge is just, he's all, he is, like, shows up for those photo ops. I don't know. I just think that he likes... Hmm. Yeah, for sure. See, I don't think he... I, he doesn't have the edge that a Slytherin has. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he... A Slytherin or a Ravenclaw, in my opinion, would have, like, saw the... I think he's... I don't know. He he, he, he doesn't have any foresight. Like, Huffle, he Huffle was Huffle loyal Huffle. to, like, what he thought. Oh. And he was... Loyal and fair? Mm-hmm. Not... He he was being f- fair in his skewed opinion, like fair, because he didn't want to um, upset you know his voters. Like he was one of those things. It's like it's I don't I don't know maybe mm-hmm. I'm I'm very like I'm up in the air with this, but I just my first my first impression was Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. I, and I I guess I don't really have many valid reasons for it, so I shouldn't be. Fit. I mean, here's here's the question now for me is. And maybe this convinces me out of Ravenclaw. You have the most brilliant wizard in the world telling you, swearing to you, begging to you, showing you evidence, showing you proof that Vold- that Voldemort mm-hmm. is back. And you ignore it so that you don't rock your own self. Yeah, I'm back on Slytherin. Yeah. That's he a huge it Slytherin to, quality. To you put the whole wizarding world in danger, you know, just so you could try to save face and try to, you know, good lord. Yeah. 
it's it's huge to get what he wanted which was peace he wanted peace and he wanted to stay in power Mm. at any cost even if it was not good for people i don't think he wanted peace for peace sakes probably peace because it's easier to be ruling exactly in in peace times and it's you know you have a higher approval rating and everything and and it'll keep him in power exactly see but in my head it's kind of like he would have um to stay in power once he realized you know I guess that's he real. I guess he just realized it's too late at the end. Yeah. Mm. See, because like you know, you're. I'm up in the air. I don't. I just don't know why I think he's Ravenclaw. I mean, Hufflepuff. Well, but you so. know, because I'm off yeah. Ravenclaw because they're not believing Dumbledore thing. I'm no, sorry. No, I was gonna say there's points to that you could see. You could justify Ravenclaw in the sense that he had to be very smart to understand. He had to be very shrewd to be a politician, and I, I believe this. And yeah, so, yeah. but you, so that takes a certain amount of intelligence. And I saw he could be Ravenclaw, and I think that Hufflepuff's too. You could have the instinct that he's trying to think of the betterment, good or what's good for the, his constituency. You might think of just being going with the flow and not causing trouble. And, and from, from that sense, I understand it because, like in my mind, Ernie McMillan is is going to be a great prime minister one day, and he's a Hufflepuff, and I just think he's going to go on. But but so I can see where you could see that, Frankie. I don't know, but I just think he's just too too icky about it and he's just he's just see because i didn't I, I i guess in my head i never thought he he was lying um like i i, I honestly believe that he didn't think Voldemort was back it wasn't the fact that he was like oh i need to ignore this to stay in power really? in his head mm-hmm. he was like it's impossible voldemort's not back he can't he's dead he's been dead for like i honestly i got that impression from him and then when he realized he's like oh crap and then that's and then look what he did, like in, bo- in the beginning of book six. You know, he willingly stayed on to and more than willing to help out Scrimgeour. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like a lot of people, if they got voted out like in, the, in a coup like that within two weeks and got fired from their post as minister, being one of the most powerful yeah. wizards in the, their their government, they wouldn't have they, their ego would get in the way. I would imagine like a Slytherin's ego uh, would get in the way. Well. Of. I don't know that it's so much an ego thing. I mean, I think that's a common decency yeah. thing. You don't leave leave him that's swimming true. when there's a war I, going on. That's you know? true. Yeah, because it is. It is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like he's not evil. Right. We've. I he's don't think evil. anybody ever thought no, no, no. he was evil. I, I, I you get know. That. So I just. I'm just. I guess like I'm trying to person. think. Figure out why I was so dead set yeah. of him being a Hufflepuff, and I guess there's not a good enough reason to stick with it. Yeah. It's just my first yeah, impression. Yeah, because I agree with Melissa. He's not evil. I, I mean, I don't think he's uh, uh, maliciously, har- you know, out to harm people. I just think he was in denial with Voldemort. And I just think he was just like so afraid that this is just so implausible that his worst fears would be coming true, that he just chose to deliberately ignore that. And in fact, to some extent, lie about it, you know. And so, yeah. you know, and that was his fear. And his self-preservation, like, oh, if I tell these people the truth, when I realize these facts, I'm out of office, you know? So that's why I think he's... Yeah. John? I'm, I'm, still, I'm still pushing hard yeah. on Slytherin here. <laughs> are we three out of four here, or are we all agreed now, or what? Um, I guess I would agree in the default, because I don't have a good enough reason to say Hufflepuff, but I still think <laughs> Hufflepuff. But that's just me being stubborn. <laughs> you, you can just picture him in the little pup common room. Yeah. Like, hanging out. And, and honestly, I don't know why. So I guess I should just, you know, shut up. Maybe we've all just, maybe we all just keep thinking of him in the green baller hat and think that means yeah. he's Slytherin. <laughs> <No. laughs> and it's just, and it's just kind of stuck in our head. Or maybe that was J.K. Rowling's. You know, just every time in my head, you know how goofy I am. When I was reading these books, the first time I read about Fudge, did you ever see Wizard of Oz? You know, the man behind the mask, the little, little guy. I, yeah. I just imagine yeah. him as that that character. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, for some image. reason you are right. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I'm such a dork. I see these things, but I don't know. <laughs> and we're off to see Fudge. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. Oh no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay. Ignore the man behind the curtain. All right, are we yeah. set, guys? Are I we ready so. to? I think Fudge is here? a helpful The computer thinks that too. <laughs> Oh, oh, well, two votes in your camp there. Wait, let's, well, let's I'll go. get Mickey back over here real quick. Mickey, come here. I like that we're... <laughs> He's Hufflepuff. No! Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, he lasts I like that we're says. doing all these, these sortings, because next time Joe comes, we could just go down a list. We totally should! Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, this You're like, really excited. got me excited right now. <laughs> hey, uh, this, will, this will be fun, uh... Uh, Frankie, you'd be around to talk to Joe. Yeah. <laughs> you could have Mickey talk to her. Uh, <laughs> Mickey. Don't, 
Don't be nervous. <laughs> That'd be awesome if I got to, but I... <laughs> you just got nervous. I just heard it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was... That was weird. I got quiet. <laughs> Zero to nervous in 0. 0.2 uh, seconds. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Alrighty, peoples. Onto the drums. Onto the, the drums. Drums. Scrooby five. Whatever. We never know what order it's going to end up in. Please report to Scrooby five. Then onto the drums. Hey everyone, welcome to Scribby 5, the five-minute podcast of the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project, Scribulus. I am Beth, or Looney Love on the forums, and with me today we have Aaron, or Calpheus. Hello. And also, we have a very special guest. That's right, Beth. He's a world-renowned ecologist and fought alongside Harry Potter and crew at the Battle of Hogwarts. We are very pleased to welcome Charlie Weasley to the show. Uh, thanks for having me on, ladies. Welcome to Scurry 5, Charlie. We're so glad you could make it on the show today. Oh, well, thank you, Beth. I'm very pleased to be here. Charlie, we invited you on the show because in Scribulous this month, we have a fantastic interview you did with Esmeralda Marchbank. Uh, yeah, and Esmeralda was great. That interview was a lot of fun. It sounded like it. After we read it, we decided that we had a few follow-up questions we wanted to ask. First of all, you mentioned that you once considered a career as a professional Quidditch player. You made it clear that you obviously preferred ecology, but were you ever jealous of your sister's later success as a member of the Hollyhead Harpies? Well, to begin with, I was a little shocked that she wanted to play at all, Aaron. I always knew Ginny was good, but I had no idea she wanted to be a professional. I had no doubt in my mind about her abilities, and as long as it was what she wanted, I was really excited for her. It never even crossed my mind to be jealous. Charlie, that's so sweet. <laughs> Thanks, but I'll admit, any time that green-eyed monster tried to rear his ugly head, the free Quidditch ticket did help a lot. I can imagine that would help. Now, you also told Esmeralda that you've had some run-ins with vampires during your travels, and I think that's very interesting. Seeing as many of us here at Scribulous are avid Twilight fans, we were wondering if, um... Let me cut you off right there. I don't know how many times I've been asked about this. It all started with that interview of a vampire nonsense, and now Twilight has only made it worse. Vampires are not nice people. They're interesting enough to talk to, maybe, and all that immortality business. I thought it gives them a long time to learn some new tricks. They're really nothing to write home about. Plus, they're really, really dangerous. You will just have a few tricks about how to keep it safe, but you muggers are really at risk. Oh. Well, I guess I like werewolves better anyway. <laughs> That's the spirit. Now, Charlie, I want to know about the Draco marsupialia. Did I pronounce that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. For those of you that don't know, the Draco marsupialia is a breed of dragon that was previously believed to exist only in stories, but one of your friends actually found the fossilized remains of one, right, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. After my interview, I actually headed down to Australia to see the remains myself, and they're magnificent. I've never seen anything like them. We've been working pretty hard to see if we can find any information about their habitats or living style, but if we're lucky, we might actually be able to find a living one. It's a really exciting time to be a dracologist. Oh, well, as if working with dragons could ever be boring. Well, I suppose that's a good point. You also made the comment that if you were to find a living Draco marsupialia, you would name it after everyone's favorite gamekeeper, Rubius Hagrid. The interview has been in print for almost a week now. So what did Hagrid say when he read that? I got an owl from him about 30 minutes after Scribblish published the interview. The night was still sopping wet, and I could only make out a couple of words like honored and lifelong dream. So I'm guessing he was probably quite pleased. And who could blame him? Well, that about does it for Scribby 5 today. You can read the entirety of Esmeralda's interview with Charlie in this month's Scribulous. That's right, Beth. You'll get to find out a lot more about his career, his family, and even his love life. Ooh! Charlie, do you want to close out the segment for us? Oh, sure, Aaron, why not? Uh, thanks for listening to Scribby 5, everybody, and be sure to go to www.scribulous.com to read my interview and all the other great essays. Uh, thanks again for having me on, ladies. Anytime, Charlie. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. John's ready to leave, so... Hooray! Oh boy, it's the drums. <laughs> Apparently the drums were too long last week, so these are very short very drums. Short the drums are my favorite time to talk. <laughs> I will talk like this during the drums. Oh god. Make me laugh. Alright, well, 
first things first. Can you do Miss Piggy? Oh, Kermy! I don't know. <laughs> that one I had to probably try, and I'm a little embarrassed to try it when it's recording. I want to start a weekly Friends Challenge with you and the drum. Uh, I would be all about that, because I'm pretty good at it. Frax, we, Frax Friends... Something with an F. Frax Friends... Um, Frax... How did Rachel lose her job at Ralph Lauren? Wait, at Ralph Lauren or um, or Bloomingdale's? At Ralph Lauren. Which one? Ralph Lauren. She had she was had an interview for the other job, and she's meeting with the guy. And she's sitting behind her boss. What was the other job? What company? Uh, it was for. It's in Paris. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't in Paris. That was the other job. Yes, it was. That was Louis Vuitton. This is a job in Paris. That was Louis Vuitton. This was something else. No, same job, I think. No, it wasn't. Which job is it then? It was for Gucci. You serious? Yeah, Dad. Interviewed for Gucci. Didn't get that job. Lost the job. Oh, that's snap. Data interviewed her. That was Data. Data interviewed her. I did not know that. I didn't recognize him without the guy the... who played Data in Star Space Paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it was Gucci, I told I haven't watched season ten in a while, so you got me. You can't put this on the air after I just said oh. challenge me every week and I. That, that, that episode was just on on the plane on my way to New York, so that's why I knew it. Okay. Oh. Oh, that's right, because she gets the job um, at Louis Vuitton through Mark when she bumps into Mark. him as she exits the building with her stuff, because she bumps into Mark. There you go. And Mark's married now and has twins, and Ross is like, who's that? Mark's like, oh, yeah, I hate that guy. That's where they broke up in season three. Okay, it's all coming yeah. back. I just haven't watched season ten in, like, a year or two, so I'm a little rusty. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Wow, frack. This is really interesting talk, by the way, so I apologize. <laughs> all right, John, you have an update for us? Um, no, 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 not that. Not that. The acting. The, the acting troupe. We have over 100 responses. Um, we are going to come through them more. I tried to do it today, and it was just way too much. So we're going to do that. And we may have a separate episode just for this first round, or we may just do a couple pieces, a couple spots at a time. Next couple shows. Uh, we'll see um, once we have them all together, which will happen within the next few days. So hang tight. Um, the script is still coming along awesome. Probably out the script, the uh, outline of it, probably about done by the time we have a cast. But uh, we'll still be able to make changes and make, when we have the polls on pottercast.com to influence the story, still be able to do all that fun stuff too, which will be awesome. What else? Other updates? Um, I just want to say, um, like, four months from now, we'll be at Terminus. So if you have not yet... Um... I think the American Idol setup would be fun little... <laughs> Oh, I don't think I even have that yet. I know. But I just want to say the tickets are going fast for um, our friend, Miss Cheryl Klein, and the Tamar Prince, and, and you better get, get the let out, my friend. Well, John, I don't know if she's going to let you in to begin <laughs> with, so. Oh, no, Maybe Cheryl. <laughs> no, we're best buddies. I, I, I can say that because I'm the king, of the, the king of the world, so I can talk about being friends with Cheryl. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so who owns us now? Who owns us? Very good question. I am owned by the lovely, lovely Sarah Arant. Who keeps buying for a lot of us. <laughs> yes. She was doing well. However, she only owns me at this present time. <laughs> yes. That's, that's very true. If she owned other, any of you other people, doesn't at the moment because um, Mr. Frankie, it's a quiet Franco... Currently owned by who? I am owned by the same person. Emily Ward. Emily Ward. And we realize it's a very difficult challenge, guys. We are very expensive. We are very expensive. But that's the point. It's a challenge. And so... On the horrible, let me buy you Facebook thing. Because we are the royalty of the world, you know? We are so... So you can't expect not to pay a heavy price, so... That is the point. When when you see what the prize is going to be... And once... (laughs) This is so horrible. I'm totally kidding. But once you... Yeah. Anyway. You will get a prize, whoever owns most of us at whatever point. When you see what the prize is going to be, you'll know it. You're so bad. A signed photograph. Sick. Of Carl Pilkington. (laughs) Oh, John. Oh... On the on the, on the <laughs> no it's terrible. On the, their prizes would always be a signed picture of Carl Pilkington. 
and everybody went nuts over it because he is the funniest guy ever to be in a podcast ever out of every podcast in the world. I don't even know what you're talking about. I have. Sorry. At least I'm being honest. Those podcasts so were funny. really funny. Kind of adult. FYI. I have listened to every episode of that show at least a dozen times. I could recite <sighs> it word for word. You love The Office, Frank, Frankie, and he's the original. Wait, he played whose who's character? Guy. He had uh, Steve Carell's uh, part on the, on the British version of The Office. Ricky Gervais? <gasps> no way. Grace is so funny. <laughs> he plays Steve Carell's part in the original Office. Oh, I know him. I didn't know his name. He's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He had a podcast. Very, um, very funny. Uh, for John and I- <laughs> three seasons or so. Oh. Doing podcasts in season by just saying. Yeah. Yeah, everybody thought it was going to start this big yeah. trend. And then I was like, no. <laughs> Definitely no. not, no. It costs money, too. It's like the only podcast, one of the only podcasts that you have to buy. Too. Well, his shows were so funny. I mean, that man is very... I enjoy him. His wit is very... Just really sharp. All right, so I want to... I want to... I I um, Wait, uh, we don't know who more. owns who. Or Melissa. Oh, who owns me? Alejandro owns me. Alejandro? Alejandro. Who owns you, Susie? Who owns me? Um, uh, you told me Myra. Oh, Myra Obergi or something? Oberg or something? Like, yeah, totally I believe her. she's from... Um, I don't I think Norway or Sweden or somewhere. I forget. I'm sorry. I forget. Please do not kill me. I don't know. I don't. Please, this whole yes, thing still to kill freeze. you. I know, but I just feel terrible uh, about this whole thing. It makes me cringe. And then I don't know when Myra, Myra Oberg. Thank you. Oberg. Thank you, Myra. Who is Hi. not very creative in making nicknames because your nickname is Sue. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't change it then. Oh, well, I mean, that's funny. Da, 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 da. I'm Sue. Somebody gave you a ninja. A ninja squee? <gasps> a ninja? Is it ninja squee? Hi, squee! It costs 3000 bucks. It probably does. Someone gave me a diadem. Hey, hey. Oh, jeez. All right, okay. we're, we're well, running long again. Well, I'm excited, guys. <laughs> I, I, I want to tell you, I have just... I've talked about it a couple of times here, but I've just... Once again, restarted, kind of, my old Canadian thing. Um, I don't know if you guys Ooh. remember... But I had a podcast called Fitting It In where I was doing like health goals and stuff and I just hadn't had time to do it and it was a whole thing and I was really You haven't sad. had time to fit it in? I have not. It's kind of like, yeah, that's that, that's the ultimate. No, true. It's the ultimate irony is that it's called Fitting It In and I couldn't fit it in. But, um, Whoa, Wompy perfect. from the Whomping Willows. <laughs> Wompy from the Whomping Willows. It Matt is. from the Whomping Willows started, totally randomly told me one day, he said, hey, I'm going to do this thing for the Harry Potter Alliance about weight loss about I'm going to call it Wompy's Weight Loss Challenge and I'm going to do videos I'm going to work with a trainer I was like oh my god that's putting it in but just videos and he, he made me realize how much easier it is to do a video and so I said hey let's, let's do this together I'll do it with you so we're both posting videos to, using the Harry Potter Alliance as like goals of, of change and positivity to like to help people get their health goals and so we're posting uh, weekly videos on thehpalliance.org, fittingitin.com. We have a YouTube channel at the HP Alliance. So check it out and take the ride with us. It's fun. I want to do it. It's that scary. Fun. It's scary. But no, you do it and you post a response. And we're going to like be, ex- it's going to be great. We're going to post everybody's response. What do we do videos of? Yourself and what you're doing and, and how they, like, your reactions are. Can I take a video of myself eating healthy food? Yes. John, while you're here this week, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna video making healthy food. You should do a little video of cooking healthy. That'd be fun, like cooking healthy with John Newey. I could. I'm I'm also just interested in just setting up the camera on the table and just pointing it at me while I eat for like five minutes. I don't. I'm not sure for what, and I'm afraid to ask for what. But that would help people with their cravings. <laughs> oh no, that's terrible. I'm I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Gonna lose our appetites watching me eat? I'm not that big of a pig. No, I was just being like, I don't know. I, I could not be hungry and I see commercials about food and I want to go eat and I hate it. I'm like, stupid commercials, food. <laughs> no, but what's great, what's gonna be great about this is that um, I'm gonna get the forums going again on fittingitin.com so that all the fitties can get back together and keep inspiring each other. And video is so great because as we start to all see our results together, we will all we'll, we'll be videoing it and we'll have a record what we used to look that's like and cool. it's really exciting that's awesome that's cool I don't know if any of you have watched 
The Biggest Loser. You guys watch The Biggest Loser? Mm-hmm. My, my mother is hooked on that show. Well, it's like really disgusting how bad, how fast they, they lose weight, and it's probably really unhealthy how fast they lose weight because all they do is work out. That's like what they live to do while they're there. However, they give you a lot of great tips and stuff, and so it's not all bad. And it's really, it's really moving. So we'll do a little Harry Potter version. There you go. Check it out. It's on no. NBC at some point. It's, it's, no, John. It's so. What? John. HP Alliance YouTube YouTube.com No, it's the Alliance. Biggest Loser is on NBC Oh, the Biggest Loser Well, yeah Like, they, they need our right, well, promotion Well, that's it LOL We're promoting a network television anyway. show Okay I have to pee Thanks <laughs> Thank you for sharing that <laughs> You're welcome <laughs> You're welcome Is that it for all of us Until the next time we start twiddling those dials? I don't know. What do you got, so? Uh, the next, uh, the pass, oh, next week's password will be fitting it in. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. Woo! Uh, keep each other safe. Keep the faith. <laughs> keep faith. Sorry. Keep faith. <laughs> keep faith. <laughs> Robot man, come Outtake. On. There it is. Good, Good night. night. Missed it. Dobby is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com.